Johnny and I'm in a rage. I want Brody and I want him in a cage. A high flying drop kick will make him see double. I grind him up at the Wrestle Rock Rumble. Woo! Wrestle Rock. I'm Kurt Hennig and Big Scott Hall. Tag team champs will take on them all. So bring on the long riders, those dirt ball dumbos. We'll smear those bushes. Use the wrestle rock rumble. This is Ken Resnick, and I'm here to say we've got the greatest wrestlers in the AWA. But you're not here to listen to me mumble. Let's fill you in on the wrestle rock rumble. Get on! Welcome to the Wrestling House Show. Thank you very much, everybody, for joining us. My name is Joey. My name is Chris. All right, Chris. We are covering Wrestle Rock '86 today. We are. Uh, prior to this project that we started, were you even aware of the existence of Wrestle Rock? I was aware of the existence of the AWA, but not of this show specifically. <laughs> no, I was not. Yeah, and so this is like in the middle of 1986, roughly. And uh, do we have an exact date on this? When does this take place? It takes place on April 20th, 1986, emanating from the Hubert H. Humphrey Metrodome in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Okay. Attendance of, I'm assuming, approximately what they announced as 23,000. So you know. I could buy that in a stadium because yeah. it definitely didn't look full. It would, definitely was not. There were certain shots from like lower angle up and then just vast sections of empty seats on the sides where... Yeah. The camera wasn't always looking. Yeah, you know, the crowd got bigger as the event went on, yeah. but uh, yeah, who knows how many of those were just walk-ups and, hey, here's a free ticket. I mean, at some point, that's what right. goes on. But yeah. Anyway, enough speculation. What I do know is that this event takes place almost an entire year before the big granddaddy that was WrestleMania three. And you can definitely see some references to it. There's there's talent yeah. that will make its way onto that. Oh, for sure, yeah. And we'll talk about throughout the show. Not a whole lot, but a handful. Yeah. Uh, you know, so maybe this kind of thing led to, yeah, I can I could do that and I could do it better. I mean, right. that's obviously what Vince was thinking, I'm, I'm guessing. I mean, they watch all these shows. Yeah. It definitely was not a WrestleMania caliber show, I will say. They did have the special guests. I'll put, I'm doing finger quotes in the room here as I say this, which were in no way the celebrities that WrestleMania would become known for having. They were local guys. There were a lot of Minnesota Vikings, uh, former Vikings that were either seconds or special ring announcers. There was like, I don't know, like car dealers and mayors yeah, or something. I, I don't know. All these people that, like you were saying, like how much money did they give to, yeah, to put on this event? I felt like there was some funding going on yeah. with, uh, hey, you want to be a guest ring announcer? Yeah. Well, you can put up this much money and then we'll give you a plug right. and you can be on this thing. And they probably sold it as, you know, the biggest thing of the year. And it definitely yeah. was for AWA. Yeah, especially sure. if you're like a Minnesota businessman at the time. Yeah, and you, sure. There's going to be... Up to 23,000 people there to put your name in front of? Sure, why not? Yeah, why not? Yeah. And as we're getting into the show, Chris, mm -hmm. this is one of those disclaimers that we need to make. So we watched the WWE Network version of it. Yes. And you did a little bit of extra research and found out that there definitely are a lot of clip jobs. So we are throwing the disclaimer up front that our enjoyment and ratings of these matches are purely based on what is on the network right. versus what the full actual real time of some of these matches yeah. are some a, a handful of matches got clipped let's just say yeah just i did yeah dutiful research i looked up the wikipedia page that has the the time for the 
the match links on yeah, it. That's but, all you need. <laughs> yeah, but it some a lot of them because the matches were mostly kind of short because there were a, there were fifteen matches on the show. It's yeah. on the network. It's a three hour forty minute show. Three hours forty minutes. So yeah. I think this is one of the real reasons why we do a show like this right. is. Uh, uh, maybe you have all the time in the world and you've seen every show possible where we're going to tell you whether or not this is worth your time, basically. Yeah. Or if this is a cherry pick show. Uh, this is kind of like, uh, for me, this is kind of like the pro wrestling equivalent of a zoo. Like, I went into this thing and I got to see a lot of cool wrestlers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and and all due respect to their athletic performance and everything yeah. on this evening... But it was kind of a zoo sometimes. Yeah, you don't always get to see them in their natural and best habitats. So, yeah, and there's a few in here. Like, I was even saying as the ma- the matches went along, is like, oh, well, he's here because that's this guy. And he's he's a big name, and you'd like to see this guy. But they put him in there with some schlub that I don't know. Yeah. And it's just a, a little exhibition. And a lot of these matches are pretty short. So there's I don't think there's a lot of clip jobs until we get, like, towards the end. Yeah, with the, with the big day. Yeah. It, it was like an upward swing. I mean, you see a lot of cards now, up, down, up, down, middle ground, up, down. This was straight from, like, bottom to up. I mean, it's basically as far as how they wanted the peak of of the emotion. They definitely just went totally up on the incline as far as how they wanted the show to go. There's one major dip towards the end of the show. True. We'll get to that. But otherwise, yeah, it's it's a pretty good uphill climb, I think. Yeah, so let's let's just get to it. We're going to get through this. A lot quicker than the actual show itself. (laughs) Or, um, you know, this show, the actual Wrestle Rock 86 on the network is the equivalent of most people's podcasts for reviewing shows. So let's make it slightly (laughs) under that, okay? All right. right, What's the first match? (laughs) First matchup is Boris Zukov with Sheik Adnan Al-Casey versus Brad Rengens. Rengens? 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 I don't know. The the play-by-play guy doesn't ever get it right either. I think it's the same guy from that Super Sunday thing. Yeah. But who is that guy anyway on Play by Play? Do you have a name? I don't know. Yeah, we I didn't even care enough to look his name, name up. Yeah. yeah, he was really bad because he uses unnecessary words and letters. Yeah. <laughs> so. And he would just, especially when one of the, like, there was, there was a women's battle royal, which we'll get to. But yeah, he just stopped talking for a while. <laughs> I don't know who this person yeah. is. <laughs> he was like, then he just adds words in. Wrestle Rock. Fast and Furious Action. What a hitter. Yeah, and that's how, that's how the commentary went for a while. But thankfully, about halfway through the show, someone was listening to commentary and was like, let's get someone to sit with him in the booth. And then a guy joins him. Um, what was his name? I think it was the guy that got beat up later He did get beat show. up, yeah. Spoiler. Yeah, but but he gets someone to join him on the commentary table yeah, yeah. and kind of saves the, saves the commentary side of the show a little bit. There's an AWA interviewer guy with the gray beard and the yeah. sports jacket. So Yeah, but up to that point, at this point, it is still just that lone guy in the booth. Uh, the first he's, he's no Joey Styles. Joey no. Styles could handle a show yeah, on his absolutely. own. <laughs> but yeah, the first match, uh, I mean, to me, when we were watching it, I was telling you, it felt like, because the seats were mostly empty at the time. There, yeah. were, there were a handful of people and people were still getting in their seats. And to me, that's the, the call for people to go sit down. So it's have two guys Go make some noise in the ring. Let it go on for about maybe ten minutes or so. Get your so, get your yeah. boo heat. <laughs> yeah. So the people that are in the bathroom are getting their snacks before the show. Realize there's stuff going on. You need to hurry up. Finish what you're doing. Yeah. Get to the show. You're not going to miss much. It's okay. But make sure you go ahead and start heading to your seat at this point. That was I got that uh, about two years ago during Ryback and Kalisto in right. Mania 32. <laughs> yeah. It's like oh shit, there's a match going right. on. I hear noises. Right. <laughs> So yeah, it was it was a very atypical opener. Yeah, uh, 
six to eight minutes long, something to that effect. And, you know, good guy wins, you know, start the crowd off right, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, Brad Ringens did win. Uh, We don't do too many spoilers on here. (laughs) I feel like unless it's, like, something you just have to watch. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm not recommending this match as a whole. So, that's it, yeah. And we we do live in a different age, you know. It's like... As much heat as, let's say, but well, not heat anymore, but like as of this recording, like as much as you would could either love or hate a wrestler in modern day, such as a Rusev, let's just yeah. say. No one's ever going to take the flag out of his hand and wipe their butt with it right. and pretend to sneeze in it. Yeah. Uh, that just doesn't happen anymore. <laughs> so, yeah. like, when you see it now, you're just like, eh. I'm right. It's so cheap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's the worst. Yeah. So that that goes on too, of course. And there was a fast count in this one. It just happened a few times in the night. Like, yeah, it was definitely the the ECW referee school yeah. uh, in effect a lot. So yeah, just yeah. So let's move on. What's the next match? <laughs> next matchup is a little person match because everybody oh. has little in their name in this one except for one guy. It is Lord Littlebrook and Little Tokyo. Yeah, the teaming... two the two greatest uh, midget heels of all time. Yes, teaming up against Little Mister T and Cowboy Lang. Yeah, and I'm pretty positive Little Mr. T is the Haiti kid. Yeah, I mean, it would have to yeah, be. Yeah, yeah and uh, local guy. Cowboy guy. Yeah, Cowboy Lang. Yeah. He's, Probably from Dallas. We're, we're, we're assuming maybe. just because he has he's, a cowboy he's hat. He's wearing a cowboy hat and he has a mustache. So yeah. He's a cowboy. Yeah, and this is where it gets into the lower level of celebrity <laughs> I know yeah. I know that's not a word, <laughs> but a celebrity culture. Right. A uh, local guy. This is a guy that they announced him as being like a TV guy. From some show, so I'm I'm betting. I if I had to put money on it, this is a guy from like one of those Good Morning America locals, and like they're gonna have him referee this little person match. Wackiness will ensue. He'll get involved in the mix somehow. They can watch the stock footage on their show, laugh about it, and make him look like an asshole. (laughs) So that was the whole purpose of this match. I think it seemed like it (laughs) because for a while, I mean, it was it was fine. And then at one point, everybody in the match just starts attacking the referee for no reason. Yeah. Like, the babyface team started the attack on the referee, and he didn't do anything yeah. to him. It was just he was there, and they all piled on him. Yeah. And that was the whole thing, is to just have the little people pile on the the weatherman or whoever anchor guy <laughs> he is, and yeah. so that they can have the footage for it. That was all. That was the whole purpose of the match. Yeah. It was it was a fine match though. I mean, yeah, you know, and I, I like all those guys, uh, but yeah, it was just kind of eh. It was, and it, it's one of those things where they definitely wanted to. How many different types of matches can we put on here? Uh, you know, attraction versus hey, we haven't done this in a while, or we don't do it every day. Yeah. So, you definitely needed a match like this because you have cage matches coming up, you have a women's battle royal coming up, so a little bit of everything. Yeah, and that it served its purpose. I like those guys. They were fine. Yeah. And the uh, the roll around pin thing. Yeah. That's ninety nine percent of all the little people match finishers. Yeah. It's the <laughs> you see it in lucha matches too. It's the the body scissors where the guy doing the body scissors rolls like from his stomach to his back and just around the ring in a circle. But yeah. he actually, yeah, he actually made the pinfall this time. Yeah. It only works in those matches. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's the backslide of, of, right. of that genre. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, but next up is Colonel De Beers, one of your most hated wrestlers you were telling me when yeah. you were younger. Yeah, I hated this guy. <laughs> First time I saw him, he did a face front pile driver to Sergeant Slaughter on the cement floor. Wow. So, yeah, I hated him. Colonel De Beers versus Wahoo McDaniels. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, the most uh, legit NFL transition to pro wrestling of all time, yeah. still to this day. 
yeah, suck it, Mongo. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and uh, so I was like, okay, this this uh, this show is picking up here. But uh, as uh, you know, maybe a lot of you kids may not know, back in the, back in the old days, there was this thing called the National Wrestling Alliance. And what they would do is they had a, a body of rules, just like any company does. And they had an interesting rule to where if you get thrown over the top rope, the person who threw you over the top rope gets disqualified. Yes. And that would play a theme throughout the night. But in this match, it did play into the finish, and the match was short anyway. So I was hoping for something more from this one. And yeah, it me was. Too. It wasn't really much of anything. I think the brawl afterwards, because they kept fighting after the match, yeah. may have been more interesting than the <laughs> match itself to me. Yeah, exactly. Post match shenanigans. Yeah. That that's not good. Whenever. Yeah. I think that happens at least another time uh, here. It M- does, maybe on yeah. a lower level, but yeah, the action yeah. was a lot hotter and heavier. Right. Post bell <laughs> for sure. <laughs> It's sad, but, you know, hey. And, yeah, they're just like, oh, let's keep moving along. we got a billion matches tonight. Right. And that's what a lot of this reeks of. So. Yeah. So far, it's not a heavily recommended show, I'm seeing. <laughs> no, it's not. But, like we said, it picks up, so does it pick up enough to watch? Yeah, we're, we're not. We haven't crossed that line yet, I will yeah. say. We'll, we'll let you know where the line is at the very end of the show. There's an interesting line in the next match, though, which okay. may be. It's one of these spectacles that I think. Because this is... Well, first we get treated to this super distorted interview with... Rock and Roll Buck Zoom Yeah, off. Ken Resnick <laughs> interviews Rock and Roll Buck Zoom off, yeah, Evil he, Ken Resnick, by the way, too. Oh, yeah, WWE he's the uh, mustache. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, Zumov has the, the boom box and he has it playing. But I think they're actually pumping the music through the yeah. sound system. Or in WWE Post, because he's probably using a licensed song. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, That's but, my, that's my yeah. guess. <laughs> But apparently they have, he has to scream into the mic because he has this thing right at it on his head, like blaring, blaring into his ears. And so this whole, I can't, you picked something out of the interview that I couldn't because he's just screaming into it and it's super distorted. I just was just laughing at it. it it's funny. like a guy that's trying to use like a, a megaphone, like in an office job, right. like just yeah. to annoy people. Yeah. So he's being unintentionally funny here. Right. Because Zumov's terrible. Yeah. But it, it, he's also a man out of time, too, by the way. He's supposed to be a modern rock star, but he wears this, like, Elvis Evil Knievel jumpsuit. Yeah. So he's, like, ten years behind the times. Right. Yet he's got the uh, the boombox like the, the urban kids have. <laughs> right. So he is literally a man out of time. Yeah. But screw that guy anyway. But... On the uh, better half of things, po- yes. focusing on the positive. Right. He <laughs> is going in the ring against Tiger Mask. And I am. I did a little bit of re- more research than I did for the times on this. I actually <laughs> looked at other websites. Okay. And I believe this is Tiger Mask number two. Okay. So this, I don't believe this is the Tiger Mask that wrestled Dynamite Kid in those matches that are famous. Yeah. But I think it's just after that because there was they were really close where those matches took place and where the mantle switched over to Tiger Mask yeah. two. But also Tiger Mask two did wrestle Dynamite uh, yeah, a handful a of times later, as well yeah. for that reason. Yeah. But. Yeah, so I'm like, oh, yeah, we're going to get a Tiger Mask. This is definitely one of the only appearances on the WWE Network you can yeah. find of the legendary Tiger Mask. So right away, that's at least enough for a recommendation just to see the guy. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I'm sure there's some old school garden uh, things that we'll get into at some point where he's on there too. But mm. yeah, just nice to see him. And he won't be the last, like, kind of imported attraction. Right. 
So and I thought the match was pretty decent because Tiger Mask did dominate a lot of the match, I think. Yep. And it went a little bit back and forth, but he was able to do some of the dives. And I thought it was kind of a little bit weird because we had just seen the match where it was an elimination due to the over-the-top rope, and Tiger Mask put himself over the top rope. He did like a, a springboard plancha over the top rope to the floor. I was like, is that... Because I looked over like to you, I was like, is that a disqualification? <laughs> I'm not... I know of the rules, but I don't know all the ins and outs of yeah. the rules. So. It's officially referee's discretion, yeah. and and if the if he's taken out by force and the referee doesn't feel it was intentional, right? So there can be you can clothesline a guy up against the ropes, but if he falls over the top rope, then referee has to make the judgment call yeah. whether it's a disqualification or yeah. not. I know it's weird, but yeah. uh, at least it's not as bad as the Bill Watts era where he wouldn't let people jump off the top rope. Yeah, oh, <laughs> shudder. And he also Tiger Mask also did like a front flip kick from the ropes so yeah, yeah there was a little bit of excitement here and there in the match yeah stuff that people at that time were not used to seeing so these things are finally starting to creep into america and that's really cool so and i won't spoil the match but that's the first one of if you're going to cherry pick off of this show because this is a cherry pick show in my opinion yeah so go for this match it's the third of the night yeah i think so it's it's not a super great match yeah. it's, but it's a neat little exhibition if you haven't really if you're not that familiar with tiger mask Yes, yeah. or super distorted promos. <laughs> super distorted promos. Yeah, <laughs> you just might have heard it at the top of the show. <laughs> <laughs> but after that, we get another interview that is thankfully not so distorted. I just wanted to mention this real quick because it's Barry Windham and Mike Rotunda, and I just thought this one was kind of funny because Rotunda is like, "Yeah, we're here and we're good and we we're gonna do our best," and then Windham is like, "Whatever titles they got, we want them." And he's like, <laughs> "I have no idea where yeah, I am. I don't know what I'm doing or where I am, but whatever they got, we want it." That's, yeah. So they're they're literally between worlds at this point, yeah. both of them. So they're they're a little lost, right. but you know, it's it's still them, and they were always better wrestlers than promo guys, as they proved right. here tonight. So yeah. yeah, that that's the way it is. Yeah, it's a good point to bring up. He's like, "Uh, yeah." Uh, and he probably he just it seemed like he forgot the name of the company. Right, yeah. <laughs> so, but they're wrestling the fabulous ones. Yes, Stan Lane and Steve Kern. Yes, Stan I'm... Stan Lane, who would later be in the Midnight Express hmm. along with Bobby Eaton, and uh, Kern would go on to become Skinner in the early '90s and the gimmick hell of WWE <laughs> that that was. Yeah, and wound up being a trainer of the stars. So uh, they all went their own way. So. And they they were they were uh, really over as a babyface tag team, but apparently we've caught them here in the midst of a heel run for the yeah. fabulous ones. Because well, that's what you were saying. Like when the match started, you were saying that they were going to be the babyface team, and mm-hmm. they looked weird for a babyface team because they had the suspenders. They looked like they looked like male strippers on yeah, them. like the Dicks or the, yeah. <laughs> like any of those other teams you've seen over the years. But you said too that, much. <laughs> yeah, you said it looks like it's a weird look for the babyface team. And as they were wrestling, they weren't wrestling. They were definitely the heel team when they were wrestling. Yeah. But the weird thing is. Tunda and Wyndham multiple times in the match switched out without making a tag at the same time behind the ref's back. So yeah. they wrestled as baby faces, but they did heel things to, to get advantages in the match. So I thought it was I thought it was a little weird, but I think this match did feel like kind of a more modern WWE-ish type match yeah. in that it built up to a certain point, and at a certain point it started going off the rails a bit, and everyone started coming into the ring, and the referee was just, the referee couldn't handle it. Yeah. He was he was woefully behind at one point. He was just trying to keep up with everything that was going on because he kept getting distracted and pulled yeah. away from what was actually going on in the ring behind his back. Was, was it that blonde guy that kind of looked like a surfer guy? Because... I think it's the guy that wore like white pants or Buddy something. Buddy Lane, like. yeah, it was him. And every time there was a near fault, it seemed like he was always on the 
opposite end of the ring, yeah. like way off. So it would take him yeah. three seconds just to get in position. Well, that was one thing because in this one, it was either, I don't remember which one, Rotunda or Wyndham, but they were pinning Stan Lane in the ring and the referee is Buddy Lane. And Buddy takes an entire, he's at the guy's shoulders, he's at his like top left shoulder, but he runs a full lap around this pinning combination in order to get to the other shoulder, to his right shoulder, to start the count. I'm like, why did he do that? And then you reminded me that they have the same last name. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, well, okay, maybe. Yeah. Whether it's Lane or Lang, yeah. not that the play-by-play guy would know the difference Lane either, Lane, but yeah. Uh, yeah, who knows? Who knows? But, <laughs> yeah, that, it's just, that... The referee's not really being there, and it's definitely not the gimmick. Yeah. This is just how they yeah. perform. So yeah. that kind of stuff does take away from a match, you know. When you notice the referee that much, and he's not supposed to be noticed as part of the match at all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ugh. But yeah, it was it was enjoyable. We're definitely on an upswing as far as like this is a contest. This is a a fifty fifty, and you're not even sure who's going to yeah. win. So. Yeah. That's where your intrigue starts peaking a bit more. Yeah, you have to believe that either side can win, and that's where your intrigue is. And it definitely wasn't there in the previous matches. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, it was my first Barry Windham match, by the way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Teaming up with Mike Rotundo. <laughs> yes. As he was announced. There's another one of those car dealers yeah. doing the announcement. Yeah. <laughs> Windham. Well, yeah, Windham, yeah. But yeah, even the commentator <laughs> said it was Mike Rotundo this time. It wasn't yeah. Rotundo, so, yeah, yeah whatever. They've made me think, maybe I've had it wrong all this time. Every time. <laughs> right. They always get me. But next up, we do get another one of those uh, spectacle matches, in my opinion. Because it's some guy that I've never heard of before. And this guy's probably a killer in real life. Yeah. You know, we don't know. <laughs> Bulldog Bob Brown versus one of the greats of Japanese wrestling, Giant Baba. Yes. Uh, that's a name that everybody should know. I mean, he's a legend. If there's a Japanese Hall of Fame, he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's he's the man. Ask anybody. So, I've rarely seen him wrestle, but I, I mm. know that he, like, you know, he's he's our Japanese equivalent of Andre the Giant. He really know? is, yeah. I haven't seen a whole lot of his matches either, but yeah. he is, it's more spectacle than match, I think. There was there were some times, even in this match, where he was surprisingly fast. Yeah, he knows how to chain wrestle. Yeah. That's the fun thing about watching Baba yeah. versus, you know, like Andre, all due respect, yeah. but... Yeah, so watching him chain wrestling doing like drop to hold takedowns and yeah, <laughs> like yeah. waist locks, I'm like, oh, neat. But and he's a slender guy. Yeah, for he's, his, for he's his really size. skinny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for the most part, he is a stand up. Like he's going to stand up in the ring and he's going to take a lot of punishment and then he's going to hit you with a chop or something and and knock you over. He is that kind of wrestler, but he yeah. does do some of the the grappling as well, which is it's a nice switch from some of the other big guys you might be used to from that era. Yeah, and uh, something I'd never seen in a match before, uh, Bulldog with an ear rake. That was a first on me, <laughs> right. which uh, the commentator souls an eye rake. I'm like, no, he raked his ear. Right. <laughs> so, But uh, yeah, you know, just getting to see Baba, that's neat. You know, like, when we watch these shows and, you know, you get a kind of some ho-hum stuff. Even this match, honestly, was a bit ho-hum. It was. But it's hey. going to rank pretty low on our on our rankings. But it's a giant Baba match, and how many yeah. of those are on the network? Yeah, especially in America. And yeah, yeah. exactly, the network. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but next up is something that on paper you would think would be a great match. Uh-oh. It is Harley Race versus Rick Martel. Oh, yeah. yeah. Classic Tank Ferrari. Yeah. Good-looking guy versus Grizzled Vet. Yep. And, uh, you know, that's the thing. Martel, I think Martel is vastly underrated in the uh, all-time annals. I mean, he's yeah. really good, uh, whether he's singles or tag, and he's been able to do both and do them well in his career. Yeah. From a world champion in other companies, tag champ in all companies, so, and Harley, you can't, you know, 
he's an icon. It's, you right. don't even have to say anything about Harley's credentials. But, yeah, I was really looking forward to this, and they had this kind of booked as basically like an official, unofficial number one contenders match. Like, whoever, yeah. whoever wins this match is going to get the first look probably at the guy who wins the match later tonight. Yeah. So, really looking forward to this. And I do believe maybe we have uh, a bit of a responsibility to... When we when we do these reviews, to be like, okay, you should expect greatness, and you're gonna get greatness, mm. but the finish is yeah. not going to be satisfying. Right, it isn't. <laughs> is yeah. that the best way I can put it without spoiling yeah. it too much? Yeah. yeah. So you get good wrestling, but it's 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 definitely a letdown. Yeah. Ultimately, you're gonna leave without any kind of closure. It's gonna be like, oh, well, I liked it, but one of those kind of matches mm-hmm. but yeah you know uh, it's uh there's not much else to say i mean uh, th- that's one where i'm like yeah eh, if you don't have anything else to do watch it if you're already cherry picking off of this to see baba and tiger mask go ahead and stick around for the martel race yeah, match it's not long time. anyway yeah so if you're cutting out all the filler then you could probably get through this whole show in like what do you say like an hour oh easy yeah, yeah easy <laughs> so, yeah so we got plenty of other hall of famer names coming up here later on in the card here. yes and we're like maybe halfway done. Yeah. There's lots of matches. That's but fun. the next match is fun. It is a women's battle royal. It is a 10 woman battle royal. You want me to go through all the names? Yeah, because the play by play guy's not going to tell you. <laughs> well, not during the match. Yeah, it was just the announcer. Uh, Joyce Grable versus Pat LaRue versus Leona Vachon, which is Luna, Luna Vachon. Yes. Versus Rose Divine versus Taylor Thomas versus Destina Montez. I believe is because I don't think that they were pronouncing her name correctly because mm-hmm. the announcer and the commentator both pronounced it differently. Versus Misty Blue Sims versus Sherry Martell versus Debbie Combs versus Candy Divine. All right, Candy's the champ, isn't she? Yes. At this time, okay, Candy's yeah, going yeah. in as champ. It's not a title match. It's a fifty thousand dollar match <laughs> over I the think. top yeah. rope battle royal. And I was like, sitting there going, because of NWA. Are they just going to be able to go through the ropes or the bottom rope, just touch the floor? It's yeah. like, no, it's over the top rope. Right. like, yes, yeah. that's something at least. Somebody got pitched out within the first minute, yeah. and I didn't even know who it was. Still, I don't know who it yeah, is. Yeah, the commentators missed it. The commentator missed the first elimination. He said, oh, it's down to nine peoples. We've already missed someone. Yeah, because you were talking. And he kept talking. The ring announcer was announcing the people that were eliminated, yeah. but he kept talking over it. So I, I'll have to go back to get all the names and stuff. Yeah. Poor Gary Michael Capetta. Like, he literally started announcing the first elimination like two minutes into the match. Yeah, less than that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, but people were like, huh? And yeah, every time. It was so annoying. Yeah. But I think, I mean, it's fine as a Battle Royal goes. It, there wasn't anything special about it, I don't think. The yeah. most special thing was seeing an early Luna Vachon and yeah. seeing Sherry in there. Yeah, and you know, it's funny because I'm like, is that Sherry over there? And then I hear her voice. I'm like, that's Sherry. It's like a a wide shot, but you hear her voice. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, the potential of having it get down to her and maybe Luna at the end, that would have been very intriguing. Or maybe seeing them team up together because they never really crossed paths. They They were in WWE at the same time, but this was a time when none of them were wrestling. So. Yeah. Like I would love to see that match. Yeah. Maybe maybe it's out there somewhere. But uh, yeah, yeah, just the fact that they were in the same ring together, I was right. very happy to see that. So that really carried a lot of it for me. So 
I, I can't heavily recommend it, but I can't unrecommend it. Yeah, I like the finish. I like how it happened because there was a little bit of trickery involved. Yeah, you see it coming, but it's yeah. it's fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You were saying that uh, Sherry was uh, dressing out of Glacier's uh, cl- closet yeah. there. She know? was wearing like a, a light, <laughs> almost baby blue, shiny unitard with a white kind of half skirt thing. It looked like it was cut like ice or something. Yeah, it. Like... it was totally something Glacier would do. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty great. Well, I mean, I don't know if Glacier would wear like a tiny skirt but yeah. it was the same style that would improve my enjoyment of glacier matches overall <laughs> would it maybe <laughs> i think it would just yeah. for the comedy value yeah <laughs> i believe in it but next up is a match that i on paper i really enjoy it is we saw kamala coming down to the ring with gandar akbar yes and the, the dallas legend yeah the all-time greatest heel manager in the history of this state and he is going to be fighting sergeant slaughter yeah what more do you need? Yeah. Apparently, we're fighting Africa and the middle. I knew we were doing some Middle East conflict right. in the '80s, but you you would think we were at war with Africa yeah, right. too. But, yeah. That's the thing. Like with someone like Slaughter, <laughs> when he's doing the the America first, he said that literally, like America number one, America yeah. first. When he's doing that gimmick, it's always USA versus the world. And like other countries, yeah. hot tour. <laughs> yeah, that's what it felt like. And like I don't really get it, but. I never got it, really, yeah. even when I was a kid. I mean... Hooray, d- accident of birth! <laughs> right. <laughs> During, like, some of the, like, Cold War era stuff. I mean, I get it. Yeah. And it's, it's an easy way to get a, some cheap applause from the crowd, but... Yeah. It's not even, like, appealing to kids. It's it's everybody. That's the yeah. thing. It's like, yeah. the kids learn it. You know? Yeah. Like, it's well, yeah. Cause <laughs> Slaughter was actually going out with little tiny American flags handing, and then, like you said, he reached into his pocket. It looked like he pulled out a handful of candy and was, like, giving it to the little... <laughs> ran out of flags. Yeah, the little kids. <laughs> like, okay. Like, that's... I guess that's one way to get people to cheer for you. Yeah. I guess if it's good enough for Jimmy Jacobs, it's good enough for... Hey, yeah, exactly. It's a proven gimmick. Yeah. (laughs) What's up, Jimmy? (laughs) But I thought, mm, as a match, it's another one where the finish, I think, kind of hampers it. Because the finish, I was like, what? I didn't understand what was (laughs) happening. Because the call was delayed after the thing that happened. And I just didn't super get it. And I think, to me, as I was watching it, Kamala, I get his gimmick. And I like his gimmick, yeah. but at times he kind of strays from the gimmick, and there's a little bit more light <laughs> underneath that that those eyes than he's playing at because he's, he's, he's very br- devious when he wants to be, and he knows exactly what he's doing. But other times he doesn't even realize he's in a wrestling ring. <laughs> Kamala could be the greatest psychologist in the history right. of wrestling, and you don't know it. <laughs> yeah. Even he doesn't know it apparently. Right. <laughs> this is a, they should they should just uh, have a post title for this this show. It should be called Wrestle Rock '86. Referee's discretion. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's pretty much yeah. how the show is dictated. Yeah. This this basically reeks of a, uh, a you know a hacksaw match. Yeah. Almost against any formidable opponent. Yeah. That's yeah. that's what this match is. So, yeah. So you know. I like the match, but the ending had me shrugging. And then there, this was another one where the brawl afterwards was maybe yeah. as good, or you know, it, it helped after the match actually and seeing and honestly you know as, as as a texas guy seeing skander akbar on anything other than a world-class show really popped me i had no idea that he ventured out from time to time oh, really? so that was really cool to see actually for That's me cool. and is i know that she got down on cassie that we saw early on would be general adnan later on it's like can you only imagine if you did you know if you traveled from the future and yeah, told right. some random <laughs> kid and sitting there goes that guy and that guy are going to hang out later and be friends right and they're going to hate america right. together <laughs> yeah all right <laughs> anyway 
But next up, we get a title match. First title match of the night. It is the AWA tag title match. It is the champions, Kurt Hennig and Scott Hall, versus the long riders of Wild Bill Irwin and Scott Hogg Irwin. Yes. I was very familiar with Wild Bill. He's another world-class stalwart. Yeah. Wasn't familiar with Hogg. Yeah. So I, I I don't recall ever seeing him ever, but yeah. you know I I haven't seen everything, so I'm not perfect. Yeah. But speaking of perfect, yes. you know a, a uh, early on Kurt Henning, mm-hmm. uh, you know not as crisp as we knew him to be later on, but also not bad either. Yeah, it's good. And you know Scott Hall being the power wrestler of the time, but I did notice one crucial thing, and it kind of it hurt my enjoyment of this match a little bit. Just getting into some nerd stuff here, but yeah. I like you know no one in the history of ever probably threw a better drop kick than Kurt Henning. Mm. But I think he realized that at the time too, because I think he threw a drop kick like eight times during the yeah. match. Yeah. So that was weird. But the other thing about it is, is that you got Kurt playing Ricky Morton while, uh, uh the, you know, the Irwins have taken over. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you know, in big, bad Scott Hall, Scott's definitely a lot larger. So, yeah. you know, he's, he's the big guy of the team and yep. he's very popular. Yep. He even won a popularity award yeah. from wrestling report. Yeah. And the trophy made it, uh, spoiler, Trophy made it out of there <laughs> right. with no incident. I yeah. really, you know, I forgot about the Trophy until you just mentioned that. Yeah. Is that I thought someone was going to get hit with it or get destroyed by the Irwins, because yeah. that would totally make sense, because there's still this ongoing rivalry even after the match is over. Yeah. Even though uh, there's actually a clean finish, by the way. Yep. So that that's a little bit of an enjoyment there. But So you got Henning being beat up the whole time, and we're looking for Scott Hall for the hot tag, right? So Scott Hall gets the hot tag at some point. He does like three or four moves, and then he tags out to Henning again. Yeah. And then like you see like uh, they do this. Uh, there, there's there's a lot of shenanigans post match too, by the way. But they do this thing yeah. where they try to get a word in with the guys at ringside afterwards, no matter yeah. whether you win or lost. Mostly the winners, but yeah. in this instance, they're talking to Hall and Henning, and. Hall's completely blown up. Like, yeah. Like, it's like, what did you do? <laughs> like, <laughs> did really? stuff towards the end. Yeah, but, yeah. like, Henning is like, he's he's completely got his breath caught, and he's yeah. still doing, he's doing the majority of the promo, yeah. and Scott Hall's sucking wind big time. Oh, like, yeah. Maybe he'd be the first to tell you that, but it's like, he <laughs> looked very rough by that, you know, if you compare the two at the time, Henning's definitely saying, yeah. the man right there, but yeah. it was just weird to see that, and then having him look like he just, like, like I just ran three blocks right. or something. <laughs> but that that's all. I'm yeah, no, not, nowhere close to being in that condition, I'll admit it, but yeah. it was just odd. And I just noticed that like right away <laughs> in that first watch. But yeah, it was fun. It was yeah. it was a fine match. It was fine. I do think like you were saying, it is kind of just referencing Ricky Morton, like it is kind of that typical kind of match where one guy gets beat up for almost the entire match and then there's the big thing at the end and that leads towards the finish. So it's not a very unique match, I wouldn't say, but it's, yeah. I think it's cool enough to see Hennig and Hall together because I haven't seen many matches of them teaming up. No, ever. me neither. Me neither. Yeah, Scott Hall looking like Tom Selleck. Yes, like straight up. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, I like the match. Yeah, Scott Hall with his Ribera jacket too. By the way, I love yeah, that. That was I cool. Was, I that right a lot of yeah. Japanese references in this uh, yeah, episode, yeah. So. and we're not done yet. No, because in the next match. This is so we talked earlier about <laughs> climbing up that hill. Like oh, yeah. it starts out a little bit to where it's it's pretty good. It, it's okay to start, and then we're getting better as it goes along. And I mentioned the valleys that we would see, and this this if you're not watching closely, That's you're right. gonna fall off and die in this valley. Because next up we have some sort of I don't know what to call it necessarily. I guess it's a, it's a shoot mixed exhibition? martial arts exhibition match kind of thing. 
because it is scheduled for ten two-minute rounds, <laughs> and it is Larry Zabisco with his Japanese second uh, ninja go go the go ninja. the ninja yeah go the ninja is his, <laughs> he's literally a guy dressed in a ninja outfit. Um, is his second for whatever reason. I'm sure there's a story there, and definitely not a pale face in a ninja costume because right. we saw his we saw his eyes up close, yeah. and it's like, oh, he's definitely Asian. That's cool. Yeah. That's at least gives it some sort right. of like yeah. legitimacy. Yeah, because any guy in a mask announced as Japanese, I'm almost a hundred percent sure he's not going to be Japanese. Yeah. Not but in this, America. Not yeah, in America. Not in America. But this guy happened to be. And, <laughs> yeah, we looked him up. Yeah, Larry Zabisco is fighting Scott Ledoux, who <laughs> I'm not. I, I hadn't not heard of him before this sure. and his second is some former minnesota viking some big tall guy <laughs> yeah. but larry the axe hennig is the referee for this yeah match. yeah and he doesn't really do much in the match no. but he has a lot of fun post-match yeah. so there's that at least so i do i wasn't so super... he got to see his old man on the way out yeah. the curtain by the way so, so it wasn't super clear on the rules and i guess it didn't matter anyway but to me it felt a little bit like the brawl for all kind of stuff because they're both wearing which they kept announcing they kept saying the four ounce karate gloves. Yeah. They said it like twenty times during the match. Is I don't know why that was important, yeah. but they had to say it. Yeah. So they're wearing gloves. It's like the Goldberg gloves. Yeah, right? but it's still it's not a boxing match because they can do takedowns and wrestling stuff. They yeah. go out of the ring all the time. So it is brawl for all. So it's just it's just a wrestling match, yeah. but in rounds. Instead. Yeah. So what, what's the point? I I have I have no idea. Okay. You know, the, I'm sure it was built up as something more yeah. than what it happened to be. The TV might have been good for yeah. it, but in order for these matches to be good matches, they still have to deliver with somebody that hasn't seen the right. TV build. I, yeah. I think that's very important. Yeah, I agree. It should matter. But, you know, of course, the payoff is better if you've seen the build. But yeah. I just can't imagine anybody being happy over yeah. any of this. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't see it. It was just bad all yeah. over. Bad, 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 terrible bad. I won't spoil the match, but it only went halfway. I'll say that. Yeah, it went, thank, thankfully, yeah. it doesn't go the distance. It ended in the fifth round in, like, yeah. 12 seconds in the fifth. So it felt like two hours. Yeah. <sighs> So let's just move on. We yes. we climbed our way out of that valley. We, yes. we used our climbing ropes and whatnot to get almost to the top because we're almost there. But this is maybe the top because it is the AWA World Heavyweight Title Match. It's the next one on the show. It is Nick Bockwinkle challenging the champion Stan Hansen. Yeah, Stan the Lariat and Bockwinkle. You do not get. This is going to be cliche. You definitely don't get more opposite than these two guys. You yeah. have the classic, well-spoken. Fancy, well-to-do, classic professional wrestler. Yes. And then you have Stan the Lariat Hansen with his bull rope and the civilian beating. Yeah, like, he beat up the, uh, the, the guy that joined the commentary table. Larry Nelson was his yeah. name, by the way. He'd been doing interviews and stuff in between the matches. And, and I think he must have looked at Hansen the wrong way because Hansen just laid into him before the match on his way yeah. to the ring like it was yeah. nothing. I love that guy. And there's there's a shot of uh, Nelson as he's getting back to the commentary table, putting on his headset, and he's like <laughs> shaking his head. And he's like he's rubbing his eyes and like, oh man, this sucks. I'm not gonna be impartial. Yeah, and <laughs> then he kind of was actually. Well, some the of the commentary, he's like saying, I forget what he said, but it was like, uh, what are you talking about? <laughs> like his brains got scrambled a little bit at the beginning of that match. Yeah, but you know, and. Uh, just remember the subtitle of the show that I gave earlier unofficially. Mm. It does have a play in the finish. But man, still so enjoyable to see these two guys in the yeah. ring working it. And 
doing exactly what they're expected to do on both ends. Yeah. And it just leads to just classic pro wrestling. I mean, yeah. they, if you haven't seen a lot of matches with these guys, this is a fun one to seek out because they're definitely going for it. And I think it's one of those things that these are the two types of guys that could do hour long matches and have done those matches. Yeah. But you say, okay, we're, you know, I don't, this could have been a clip job, but it's like, even if they told these guys, okay, you're going to do 15 minutes. Oh, geez. Well then we got to do everything. <laughs> so that's right. what they did. So it was a lot of fun. I liked it. Yeah, I liked it. I, the finish is another one of those, like you just said, it's where... Just uh, like Race Martell. Yeah, we're not going to get super satisfying. And it frustrates me on these, because this is obviously a big show. Yeah. Like, why don't you... On your big matches, there are other big matches on this show. Yeah. But on... They paid off one angle, it seems. Yeah. Like, in why literally not pay the off last... more? Like, yeah. most of your stuff should be getting paid off. Exactly. This. You should only not pay off, like, new feuds, probably. Or maybe a few of the big ones to carry on. Yeah. That's why Mania 3 is one of the perfect shows. I know I keep yeah. going back to it. But you could see that there was more to do in, like, you know, the Hercules, Billy Jack yeah. Haynes thing. So that's why there's a bullshit finish there. Yeah. But, but you're wrapped up. Steamboat Savage, you, yeah. you you didn't wrap up Hulk Andre, but you made it satisfying. You got a satisfying finish. Yeah, yeah. things like that, yeah. man. Just figure it out. <laughs> well, they obviously were trying to figure things out with this show, and yeah. they weren't quite there. You see why they're not around anymore. I'm sorry, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. True. But then, before we had started watching this show, you said that there were going to be three cage matches on this show. <laughs> and by this point in the night... Um, or the afternoon as we were watching it, I'm like, uh, so we haven't seen a cage yet, what's the deal? <laughs> and so apparently all three cage matches are at the end of the show. So we have three matches left. The first cage match is a, an interesting stipulation. It is the Barbarian and King Kong Brody. Yeah. Nord the Barbarian, Nord by the, the Barbarian. way, because there is a, okay, uh, yeah, not to yeah, be yeah. confused with Powers of Pain, yeah. Faces of Fear Barbarian, it's John Nord the Barbarian. Yeah, but he was just announced as the Barbarian. Sure, sure, yeah, I'm just yeah. doing it for the folks out yeah. there. Yeah, with King Kong Brody, who's Bruiser Brody. Bruiser Brody, yeah. Um, <laughs> I've never heard of Build yeah. as that before, yeah. it was so bizarre. And they are with uh, Sheik Adnan Al-Casey. Yes. And they are fighting Superfly Jimmy Snuka and Greg Gagne, who are with Vern Gagne. Yes. And the stipulation is, if Snuka, the team of Snuka and Gagne beat Barbarian and Brody... Then Vern Gagne gets five minutes in the ring with Adnan Al Casey. In the cage. In the cage. Yeah, yeah that's that's a whole thing. So yeah. that that's a quasi spoiler there. <laughs> because you know, we there's this uh, cage match and if the good guys win, then we get another cage match. Right. And it's into the last cage match of the night. Right. So there's two booked in advance. Right. So there you go. Yeah. I will say this I never knew that Bruiser Brody and Nord the Barbarian had teamed up before, mm. but watching them together in the ring was so fun because I'm like, they use this as a template for so many teams down the road. Yeah. This is uh, uh, the Bruise Brothers or the Harris Brothers when they were later on in the 90s, like the, the kind of just banal Viking, long-haired, crazy guys. Mm. This is before they shaved their heads and became bikers, basically. They'd copied that format like right, right away. And, you know, even to, like, a, you see it in a team like the Bludgeon Brothers nowadays. I know yeah. that's because, you know, Luke Harper is basically a wayward son of Bruiser Brody. Yeah. So, anytime I see him, I see him. All right. So, but, yeah, just, man, I know that whenever you hear the tales of Bruiser Brody, it was hard to ring him in to stay with any company for a long period of time. But the potential of that tag team. Yeah. They could have been up there with the Road Warriors or anybody from yeah. that era. And it, that's definitely a missed opportunity because I think they could have done a lot more with that team. So, yeah. 
but it was neat to see. So just for that one reason, I could recommend watching this match yeah. especially. So and and Snook is still very on at this point. Like he's just getting out of his prime, but he's still right. got a lot in the tank, and yeah. it was fun to watch on this one. Yeah, he didn't quite. Yeah, you know, I'll just tell you this: if you're expecting him to dive off the cage, which is obviously the intrigue of Snooker right. being in a cage, you're not going to see it. No, but he's still very crisp in there, and it's a good counterpoint to the you know big brawl guys. You know, yeah, so. I thought it was interesting, like seeing those three guys and then seeing Greg Gagne get in the ring. I was like, Greg Gagne's going to die in this. <laughs> just looks and, like yeah. he looks like James Ellsworth in there. Like yeah. he's just like, what are you doing? Yeah. Oh yeah, you're Vern Gagne. So. Right. Yeah. He did get beat up a lot, but he had a like even his first burst of offense, I think it was against Brody. He was like doing like striking him in the chops and stuff. I was like, "Whoa, okay." Yeah. But he's a scrapper. <laughs> yeah, but he did get beat up a lot. He he bled in the match and yeah. But he stuck around almost superhumanly for a while too. Yeah, so. Even even all the way post match shenanigans because yeah. there were post match shenanigans. Yeah. So so I think he hung around a little bit more than I would be willing to believe. Yeah, I think it actually kind of hurts the star rating of the match yeah. <laughs> in yeah. a sense. So, but you knew what they had to get to because if they're going to announce a possible next cage match with these guys that are at ringside, you know what's probably going to happen. Yeah, and the next match of the night is Vern Gagne and Adnan El Casey in a cage. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. Um, a short, what uh, you know, this was supposedly a three-year build from what the announcers oh, were really? saying. Because Ganya and Casey just kept crossing paths, and, you know, mostly Ganya would get the bad end of it, apparently. So this was the final, final payoff yeah. for this whole thing. So mm-hmm. it definitely, look, you know, and, and Ganya gets to definitely gets uh, the comeuppance on, on yeah. Sheik there. So, you know, I could see people being very happy with this finish well, and it's the way it paid off, in a Interesting sense. finish for something that had been built up for that long. Well, yeah. I mean, it's basically like all the violence is up front. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, the finish is weird. You're right. I remember even saying, yeah. talking about that with you when it happened, but... I guess things just have to end. <laughs> they were just right. like, oh, we got to get out of here. Okay, right. all right. Yeah. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. And some of these matches may have been clipped a bit yeah. towards the end. Yeah. Just because, yeah. Especially the last match of the night. It is Michael Hayes and Jimmy Garvin versus the Road Warriors, Legion of Doom Road Warriors, as yeah. they announce them. Well, they were like, uh, and here's another old school reference. Uh, so the official announcement, they were always announced as the Legion of Doom, the Road Warriors. Mm-hmm. And the neat thing about that is that the Legion of Doom was actually a group that was uh, built around the management of Paul Ellering mm. early on, like Mid-Atlantic era, yeah. Mid-South. Uh, it's one of those mids. <laughs> I, I apologize. I grew up in Texas. I didn't get to see it. But from what I've seen in these documentaries, it's one of those. Yeah. And it was Hawk and Animal. And at some point, they had King Kong Bundy <laughs> and Jake the Snake Robertson. Okay. And that was like one of the Legion of Doom. Like. Wow. That right there, I mean, yeah, that's a hell of a group. So, so they are representing Legion of Doom, but they are the Road Warriors. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So there you go. There's a fun fact for you. And I apologize that I got my Mid Atlantic's and Mid Souths uh, confused. So please send all the hate mail to me. But yeah, and and I, as soon as I look in the ring, I'm like, oh, it's the Freebirds. I'm like, oh, wait, it it is and it isn't yeah. because we're in 1986 and yes Michael P.S. Hayes is Freebird Michael Hayes at this point but Jimmy Garvin is not Jimmy Jam Garvin he's mm. gorgeous Jimmy Garvin okay. from world class in a lot of southern territories so he's not a Freebird yet 
He's definitely friends with those guys at this point. And this might have been a Gordy substitute. It seems like it might have been a Gordy substitute because, you know, Gordy's a loose cannon. He probably had something else to do that night. He didn't like Vergania anyway, so that's probably why this is the way it is. I'm just guessing here, but it's it's still, right there, technically, it's the Birds and the Warriors. Yeah. 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 Jimmy Garvin may be a friend of the birds, but he's not a great friend in this match because there, there's obviously something that was going on between Garvin and Hayes because the first time Hayes and Hawk spent the first part of the match, a good chunk of the match, yeah. in the ring against each other, and Hawk starts getting the better of Hayes after a while. Hayes tries to tag out, and Garvin takes a walk. I mean, it's in a cage, but he takes a walk down the, the, the apron. Takes a little, a little goose strut yeah. down the side there. Yeah. So, and then that happens back and forth a little bit. They kind of come together, but there's yeah. still, there, you, you send some tension on that side of the team. Yeah. I, I, you know, there was definitely tension. I don't think they disliked each other, but it yeah. was a, more of a fear than anything else. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Not getting beat he, up. He played it more as like, I just don't want to tag you. Like, it's, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but, you know, this is definitely the Road Warriors. Uh, you know, I don't know if they're in their prime yet, but they're... They look really good. This house. is one of their first really big years. Like, yeah. they've, they've been around for a little bit, and now they're really starting to get hot. And they haven't even won their first, like, major world titles yet at this point. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean... So, so I, I like the match, but I am almost positive that this was clipped quite a bit for the network. Yeah. Because this was shown... This was a maybe a little bit longer than the previous match, the Ganya alcasey match on the network version of it. But when I looked at the official runtime of the match, it was like 22 minutes, something like that. Wow. Yeah. That's a big... That's like two-thirds of it cut off. Yeah. So I liked what I saw, but... I wanted more. Yeah, exactly. And there was more, so we have to try <laughs> to track that down somewhere. <sighs> All right. Man. So... We're going to clip this show down to less than an hour, and we can do that if we skip to the match rankings right now, Chris. All right. Bottom to top. Yes. Bottom is... And let the... me know where the line... Let's let's uh, let the listeners know where the line is, too, okay. by the way. Yeah. So. Uh, we haven't... Yeah. Okay. So at the bottom of the barrel, that huge valley that I had spoken of earlier, it is Larry Zabisco versus Ledoux. And it was Ledoux. It was um, <laughs> Right above that, at number 14 on the show is... Kind of disappointingly, it was De Beers versus Wahoo McDaniel. Just because I was hoping for more from that, yeah. but it was just... Was, yeah, yeah, I built up De Beers to the moon, and he was yeah. just kind of wallpaper. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. At number 13, right above that, is one of the spectacle matches. It is Giant Baba versus Bulldog Bob Brown. There's a lot of alliteration Triple in that B. match. Triple B. Yeah, it's Bulldog Bob Brown versus Baba. So there's <laughs> there's all sorts of Bs going on in that match. It's an ELO song called that. Yeah. Baba... <laughs> Coming in at number 12 is Boris Zukov versus Brad Rengens? Ring, Rengens? Rengens? Passenger? I think I made this joke already. Yeah, I think we did. I think we make fun of his name every time it comes (laughs) up. Uh, Coming in at number 11 is Vern Gagne versus Adnan Alcasey in a cage. It's just kind of short, you know. Coming in at number 10 is a fun match. It is the midget match of Little Tokyo and Lord Littlebrook versus Cowboy Lang and Little Mr. T. I failed to say this during the actual match review itself, but uh, three out of those four guys would go on to WrestleMania 3 the next year. All the ones with Little in their name. Yes. (laughs) See, they got to learn Ticket Note Cowboy. If you'd have been Little, you'd have been in the show of shows. Little little Lang? Yeah. Yeah, why not? Cowboy Little Lang. Yeah. <laughs> it rolls. Coming in at number nine, just above that, is the Women's Battle Royal. Because it was fun to see a couple of the women in there, but yeah. it, it was, there wasn't much of, to that match. Yeah. Coming in at number eight on tonight's show is Sergeant Slaughter versus Kamala. 
Coming in at number seven is Tiger Mask versus Rock and Roll Bakusumov. Yes. Right above that, uh, this... Would you say that this maybe is the line? At number six is Michael Hayes and Jimmy Garvin versus the Road Warriors. Yeah, I'll give it that, I would yeah. say, yeah. So above, from this and above, I think you should probably... Yeah, you can probably make all of these matches in an hour since some of them are clipped. Yeah. that's an, We're saving you two hours and 44 minutes of your life. <laughs> right. And just watch these matches from here on out. So, uh, Makeshift Birds Mach 2 yes. versus the Road Warriors. Yes. Coming in at number 5, just above that, is the tag title match. It is Henning and Hall versus the Long Riders, which that's a good movie, too. You should watch the Long Riders. Oh, okay. Who's in that? Uh, lots of people, I think. Because it's a lot of, like, real-life brothers playing brothers in the movie. It's, like, about the Jesse James brothers, like the James oh. Gang kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. Just need to check right. it out. Right. Anyway, side note. No, no, I like tangent. that. <laughs> Coming in at number four is another tag match. It is Rotundo. Or Rotunda. And Windham. Or Windham. Versus Lang. Or Lane. And uh, Kearns. Or Kern. Yes. No. Yes. <laughs> and then right above that is Race versus Martel. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's about right. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. <laughs> Coming in at number two. spoil finishers. Yeah, you know? yeah. Number two is the one of the three cage matches at the end of the show. It is Barbarian Brody versus Snooka and Ganya. Yeah, pretty much almost on principle. you got to yeah. see that tandem in action. And then coming in at number one, as it should be, is the NWA World Heavyweight title match, Nick Bockwinkle versus Stan Hansen. Yes. So we've been kind of saying it the whole show, but overall we're going to get you to clip about two hours and 40 minutes off of the show. Get a nice tight hour of decent action. Yeah. If you treat it like kind of like a free TV show, but like kind of one of those event free TV shows. Right. Like maybe like a Clash of the Champions. Think about it that way, and I think you're really actually going to enjoy these matches. Right. You can watch it in about the amount of time that it took to listen to this show. Yeah, and we're still saving you time. Right. You still saved an, uh, an hour, 40. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> and you can find this show on cnjradio.com, home of the Wrestling House Show, where you can find all of our podcasts and all of our reviews for modern wrestling, older wrestling, as we keep adding more and more things. I try to stay as up-to-date as possible on some of the big ones, WWE, Ring of Honor, Stardom, and New Japan Pro Wrestling. So go check there if you want to know what I think about almost every single show. And also, Good blog, great yeah, blog, thank by you. The way. Also on cnjradio.com is the network of CNJ Radio podcasts, including Joey's Rock Strikes 10, always guaranteed to give you 10 songs, no more, no less. And also on cnjradio.com is the Synaptic, hosted by Randy Brown, a true alternative. And, of course, my last theater on the left, where I talk about, with my friend Joey... Talk about. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. I'm <laughs> on most of the majority. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Horror movies, cult movies, exploitation, B movies, all that kind of forgotten cinema that you should check out because it's good stuff. I like it. So, uh, we're still around this 1986 era. So, there's not a whole lot of major shows left in this year. I think we got like a Starcade. So, 86 to me is kind of a dark year for wrestling. Like, there's not a whole lot to write home about, but. It's, it's a cherry pick year, so I hope you've mm -hmm. uh, enjoyed maybe finding a few gems here from 1986, and uh, maybe we'll find you some more on the next one. Bye. So there you have it, and now you know them, and on April 20th, it's at the Dome. So get your tickets to be under the bubble, because you two can be doing the Wrestle Rock Rumble. Do it! <laughs>